Hello and welcome to the One Football Podcast. Are these Ronaldo to Juventus rumours? Because you're the sort of man in the know. <laughs> Are they, is there anything in them? It's for real. I, mean, I it's for real, isn't it? I don't think it's very likely to happen, but it might happen. So Juventus is for sure is looking into... Ronaldo case, let's say. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to understand if this actually can happen. Juve, mm-hmm. I think they can afford it. That's the news. Can they, can, they? They can afford it, yeah. yeah. Financially, they can do it. The thing is, are they willing to do that for a 32-year-old player? It's basically going down at the end of his career. That's is the question. A, he scored 40-odd goals last season. No, <laughs> I know, I, I know. I wouldn't mind going down at that rate, let's <laughs> yeah. say. No, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not investment for the future. No, you is, always it, did that with Dybala. Even yeah, with Higuain, he was 29 when he went to the It'd be quite the move, though, wouldn't it? It, it was, it, it, it can be, I mean, it would be the best for Serie A. Serie A will go to, yeah, to be Serie from a. the fifth uh, tournament in Europe yeah. to be the second one after Premier League. Serie, Serie just a. with one player. Serie A wow. needs this. And uh, it's, it's quite interesting. You're saying it's not an investment for the future? It's just... You have Chiellini and Barzali playing. No, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Fifty-five. They're but they didn't. Have, <laughs> okay, but okay, but you invest for Chiellini and Barzali. You invest how much money? Five million, six million. Here you invest in. Forget about that. You know that. how much money you, you will invest for Ronaldo? Four hundred million. Mm. Four hundred million. Well, how does the break that down? A hundred million for the transfer. It's hundred twenty for the transfer. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh-huh. And thirty uh, million per season. Thirty million net so per season. With the taxations in Italy is like sixty per season uh-huh. because you have to pay basically the double. And that for would the be player. three years. A three-year contract. Five years contract. Yeah, five is what? insane. Five is He's insane. asking for five years contract. Maybe you will go for four. It's gonna be a long way. Good for us. Good for one football. Good yeah. for, <laughs> for everyone. Yeah. Bad for bad for the Liga, but that's probably a talk for another day. Anyway, joining me, Ian McCord, on today's one football podcast is Dan Burke. Hello, Andre Gonzalez. Hi, and Francesco Porzio. Ciao. The usual email if you want to get in touch is podcast at onefootball.com. Get all your questions in there, or get onto iTunes, give the pod a rating, and let us know uh, how you think we're doing. Well. What a week that was. We thought we were shocked with Germany's exit last week, but then only Spain lose to Russia, Ronaldo and Portugal go out to Uruguay. And along with that, we said so long to Messi and Argentina. I got a question for you, though. Am I the only one bored of all these shocks? Wouldn't it be a bit better if some of the bigger teams stayed in? I will have Italy in the work. <laughs> I think that's the problem. They should be allowed to answer just, it like, just, just like a wild just card. Tackle the no. problem. Uh, Italy would be probably still in competition in, in this World Cup. That's mm. that's the reality well, of the World Cup. I don't know, actually. But. No, I think so, honestly. <laughs> but on a serious note, are you bored of the shocks? Uh, I wouldn't say bored, because uh, you, you cannot... You cannot blame the the, the big teams for being uh, so bad, or, or you should blame the big teams for being s- yeah. bad, mostly. Mm-hmm. So if they're not playing what you expected to play, they should be knocked out. It's just fair. This is a game, right? It's a nostalgia, I think, isn't it, for yeah. the, the great Argentina teams, the great Spain teams, the great uh, you know Germany teams, whoever. I think that's what we're feeling at the moment. You just expect these teams to be in the last stages of the World Cup every time, and they're not, and it feels a bit bad, but... It's competition, isn't it? Yeah, if if you're game. not good enough, go home. That's yep, it. Yeah. I agree. It's interesting that historically the European games were more like for surprises. Portugal in 2016, yeah. Denmark 1992, Greece 2004. Mm. But World Cup was always about mm. the big teams winning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this year might be the first year in which a surprise team wins the World Cup. England. So that's a, 
<laughs> exactly. That's a surprise. Oh, that, that would be quite the surprise. I, so, do, I do have a question for all of you later, but I'll give it to you now so you can think about it. Who will be the first time, the first team outside of Europe or South America to win the World Cup? Should we answer now? No, no, have a think about it. Okay. And then we'll, right. we'll come back to it. Uh, another thing I'm bored of, there's a lot of boredom in my life right now. <laughs> but a, another thing I'm, I'm bored of is that people keep talking about this tournament as the best one they've ever experienced. I'm not so sure. I think the experience, I think that the quality of football hasn't actually been that good. I think it's been atrocious, actually. Oh, yeah, okay. I agree with you. So are, are we all on the same page? It's not necessarily a bad thing, I don't think. I mean, it is what it is, isn't it? I think we get spoilt by watching the Champions League and I the Premier League and all that sort of thing all the time. I think it's a problem connected with the fact that most coaches don't have time to actually prepare the team right. Mm. They they have um, a, I don't know, 10 days, 12 days to play a two or three uh, friendlies before the, the World Cup. And uh, that's clearly not enough to prepare a team. And you can see that by the, the stupid mistakes that some players are, are making. Because... Mm. Um, there's one thing that really bugs me in this World Cup, and it looks like we're back in the in the eighties. Like there are so many teams marking men to men, and that that is happening because you don't have enough time to to um, train a decent zonal marking. So mm. all the coaches are saying, okay, we don't have time to do the zonal marking. Just <laughs> go men to men, and and you have a lot of uh, uh, pulling inside the the, the box and all mm. this stuff. It's it's really it's really stupid. It looks like in the eighties, but I I can understand because they don't have enough time to 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 train. Nostalgia is all in these days, <laughs> and also connected to this point, I think that we are going. Football is going the same direction. So defense is gonna is always now the main point for a team. You know, it's, even Brazil was, was historically never a defense team. You know, now they have Thiago Silva, Miranda as the base of the team. And think about Sweden. Like we all made a fun of Italy, went out for a World Cup by Sweden. But now what's happening? Sweden is the work in the quarterfinal. Why so? Because they are strong. They are, They have. They have. Um, the, every player knows what to do. Exactly. And we are going this in this direction in football mm -hmm. and certainly international football. I love it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I love it that that so far all the the one uh, star teams are gone because uh, it's more about the team. If if you can build a team, you can you can do something. And uh, the Ronaldo team is gone. <coughs> the Messi team is gone. Tony Kroos team is Tony Kroos. I wouldn't say with uh, Germany. Neymar team is so, next. We're so poor. <laughs> I don't even know which which star should I pick in in, in Germany. In Germany. Well, let's let's talk a bit about one of the teams that has gone out, which is Spain, because it's arguably uh, the biggest shock of the tournament. And not so long ago, European and world champion knocked out by a team who only a year ago were struggling against the likes of Austria and Turkey. Uh, were you shocked about this one, Trey, or did you see it coming? Uh, remember that I think it was two weeks ago that that I was really pissed at the fact that both Spain and Portugal were awful. Mm -hmm. um, You're always pissed, so it's hard <laughs> to remember. <laughs> yeah, it's my trademark. Yeah. Um, so I, it, I, I, to be honest, I was not expecting this to happen against Russia because I don't see a lot of value on Russia. Um, but considering how bad Spain um, has been in this World Cup, it looked just natural. It was it, it was normal to see that happen. Um, some people calling it the death of Tiki Taka or Tiki Kaka, as <laughs> somebody referred to it. Uh, it probably is, isn't it? Or is it? I mean, because they had all that possession and they had thousands and thousands of passes, but just it was all aimless. That, there was, really was a, there aimless. was someone curated this idea for for um, I don't I don't know the last decade mm -hmm. that 
if you want to win, you need to have 75% of possession. Mm -hmm. That's not true. It's just most of the time it's, it's a passive possession. You're not actually doing anything right. You're just waiting, waiting for the right moment to create a diversion and, and, and score. And that can be quite boring, but really, really boring. It's not the oh, football. it's really boring. It's not the football that most of us like to watch. No. And um, <laughs> when you have someone capable of, of making that diversion and creating an opportunity, wow, you just see that you, you, you embrace the moment and you think, wow, this really paid off. Those five minutes of, uh, of side passes were amazing because yeah, then we had the, the reward. But when you don't have the reward, it's just, it's just awful to watch. And that they happened with, with Spain in this World Cup. Mm -hmm. Like 80% of, of possession, was it? I think, no, something stupid I think like it was that, 79 yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It's... It doesn't make any sense to have a, a an idea of game that like this is not actually an idea of games. It's like you're taking something that you learn from your uh, pre um, your your mm -hmm. um, coach, like the old coach, and you're just doing it again they without any any plan. There's no plan. They were really lacking that sort of Fernando Torres type figure. Why Fernando Torres? Well, I was thinking 2008. <laughs> you know, he was the sort of He scored the winning a goal against Germany. That he was the sort yeah. of the guy who could make a difference. Well, you had plenty of nice. You had plenty of nice passers behind him, but you, I mean, Costa did it occasionally, but maybe not enough. And then when Costa, who rarely lasts the full 90 minutes, uh, was was taken off, there wasn't anybody good enough to replace him. I, I saw I saw two big mistakes in this Spain team since the very beginning. Was that the lack of wingers there there is no they were not really interested in playing in the old whole pitch and that is something that the, the whole old spain wouldn't do um and and by the end of the of the game they were trying to uh to go on constantly on one twos one twos close to the box but you're gonna you're gonna do the one two with who Yeah, because there, there's no one. They they have only Diego Costa uh, up front, and then Diego Aspas came in. It was, I, I it was it was completely eaten the the whole, the whole mm -hmm. game. Uh, come did on, did you did you notice that Diego Aspas looks like Spud from Train Spotting? <laughs> <laughs> okay. He really does. Okay. <laughs> same nose, isn't it? I think that's yeah. the yeah. It's the same shape of head too. Um, who can we point the big finger of blame at? Florentino Perez? Yeah. <laughs> the front page of Super Depor had a picture of Perez and the words culpable. Okay, Super Deporte are from Valencia, so naturally they Natu don't like Florentino enough. Perez. But when no, Marca, I, Marca had a list, they mentioned De Gea, the key players not up to scratch, conceding stupid goals, no penetration. Yeah, that's the, I would say no penetration, that's yeah. the main the main uh, problem. And uh Uh, it's it's easy to see Spain with uh, the likes of that David Silva and Iniesta and Saul always on the bench. I don't know why, but you know those guys are really creative and can bring something into into the game. And there was nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Uh, we're fucked. Was Decay's summation of Spain? <laughs> and I think that's pretty accurate. Uh, some interesting candidates being mentioned for the job already. Pepe Mel. I don't know how he's getting mentioned. West Brom legend. West Brom legend. Luis Enrique. Xavi legend. Xavi Hernandez and Michel. Um, It's going to be Michel. 
You think it's going to be a meter? Yeah, I think Xavi Hernandez is too decide, too divisive a figure. Xavi Hernandez. He slags off Isco and all the rail and no, 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 players no. all the time. Xavi Hernandez doesn't make any sense. He He's has, too busy earning money, uh, winning in, the lottery and in giving, giving interviews every week. Mm. Um, if if you're coaching the national team, you, you cannot give interviews every week. So that's that's a conflict of interest with uh, Xavi Hernandez. And um, no, it, it doesn't have the experience to take take, yeah. take over the team. Also, Kike Setien. That's uh, I, w- I would go I would yeah. go with Kike Setien. I think that is Ooh. probably the only the only uh, coach um, with a new philosophy. Yeah. He's going to bring something new to the national team. All all these names that you mentioned, old. They did not. It's it's going to be the same old thing. Mm. And uh, Luis Enrique, I don't think he's even capable of David coaching. Moyes. <laughs> also, they, they contacted Kike Setien after Lopetegui yeah, was hired by yeah. Real Madrid. They, it was the first thing they contacted for the for the World Cup, and then Betty said, "No, it's not going to happen." No, it doesn't make sense. Stay here. If I, if, if, mm. I, if I were uh, Kike Setien, I would stay at Betis because they have a lovely project, and it's it's starting. It's, it's going to yeah. be the second season. Yeah, um, that it's not the time to to go and coach Spain. It's a nice part of the world too. It is. Uh, before we leave Spain. Some kind words for the retiring Andres Iniesta. I think we're all going to miss him, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Don't fail me now, no, Andre. What, you were asking me to, to... Yeah, just a nice word or two. Yeah, it's like a kind of a eulogy to... Yeah, a little. <laughs> He's not dead. He's not dead. <laughs> He's not dead. But just a nice word or two. World Cup winner. All-round good guy. No, it was, it was one of the best that, that we witnessed. And um, um, it was always, always a gentleman. But it's something that's not really easy when you have the constant war between Madrid and Barca yeah and um, uh, yeah we're all going to miss him it, it's 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 weird to see him go uh, like this uh, being knocked out against Russia and, and going to Japan um, he'll like it there yeah I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to like it but I'm, I'm talking about the perspective he was, oh, sorry. From, he was from very smart to to end basically his career now I think I think so too because I have the impression that he's not done yet, so that's the best timing to leave yeah. both Barcelona and yeah. Spain. He's sort of talking like he's actually retired, though. Like, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think that I mean, basically going letter, to Kobe. The four, of us, the four of us could probably give it a good go in Japan. <laughs> uh, as for Russia, uh, well done, I guess. It's awful to watch, but effective. They've committed more fouls than any other side in this competition. Except maybe Colombia after last night. <laughs> Can somebody explain how they've got so far? I don't understand this. Anybody? <laughs> no, we all uh, we all seem to be at a loss. How are Russia? How have Russia got this far? Oh, okay. There's there's the, the this is important. They're playing at home, so there's like all this special momentum. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, That's not enough. It's certainly I'm not baffled. enough. Truly baffled by they, it. They're physically impressive. They're they're everywhere. You you talked about the the, the, the amount of fouls they they committed. Yeah. Um, they're putting a lot of aggression into the game, but they, they're also uh, running a lot more than anyone else in the tournament. So I would say that so far the key is how physically well they they're. And they also have two, three good players up front, like Golovin, for example. Yeah. Mm. And then there is, you know, they're not that bad. Oh, okay. okay. You're not. You're not. Probably they don't. They don't, they don't deserve to be in the quarterfinals, mm. but they're not that bad, I think. And also, th- there is this thing that. Um, all, most most teams that are playing in the World Cup, we've been watching most games because they were on the qualifying stage and it was quite quite a kind of interesting to watch. And uh, they've been playing uh, <clears throat> friendlies for two two years now, yeah. And no one is really paying attention to that. So we don't before the World Cup, we didn't know how, how strong Russia really really is. Francesco, will they beat Croatia? 
<laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, um, I think not. The end, I think Croatia is going through the semifinals, at least. Okay. The official hashtag for the game is Russ Crow. We should keep one person happy. <laughs> You're not entertained. Yeah, very good. I like it. Okay, we've already talked a bit in this podcast the last few weeks about Argentina and the mess they are. So let's concentrate on France instead. Roman was speaking last week and he said that this match, the last one against Argentina, was the, the start of the World Cup for them. So Francesco, what did you make of the performance of the team? I think they are the strongest candidate to win the World Cup. Ahead of That's- Brazil. No, no, for me it's France. I also put in our prediction, so (laughs) from the beginning I still... Go on then, explain yourself. They have probably the best player in this tournament right now, which is, you know... Paul (laughs) Papa. No, him. No, okay. (laughs) He's the guy called Mbappé. Yeah. um, Who was tremendous on Saturday against Argentina. He was just amazing what he did. 19 years old. I think the... The run for the first penalty was, I think he, he arrived to the 38 kilometers fast. Mm. And wow. it was just... That's insane. It's like a bike, you know, it's not, it's not <laughs> yeah. a human, it's yeah. something else. Yeah. And uh, I think that this can be actually his workup that he can really explode also internationally yeah. and become one of the best players overall. I, I mean, rego- even putting aside the sort of physical characteristics, it's amazing that... At 19, he has the composure and the, the thought process and the mentality yeah, the to mentality. do all of that. He, he doesn't look 19. That's impressive. He doesn't look, he doesn't look 19. He looks 25. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. mm-hmm. He's very concentrated. And I think it is mentally, uh, he knows what he's doing every time. Mm. He doesn't have the astro. I mean, he has it, of course, but he's not like Neymar or Messi when he was his age. He looks much older than he actually yeah, is. In, That's impressive. The way uh, he decides, it's something that you usually get with time and most of the players get it around 25, 26. Mm-hmm. Some of them later. Um, but the way he does it at, at 19 is just incredible. Also, he did it when he was 17 with Monaco. Yeah, yeah. With Monaco, he yeah. was the same with PSG. You know, He's not the star there, but he should be actually. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the rest of the team... Fills you with enough hope? Um, let's say that the strikers are the best part of the team, but also I think they can improve a lot in the next games. The next one will be crucial, of course. Uh, they're not playing an easy game. No. And then they can be potentially a, a semi final against Brazil. And in my opinion, that's going to be the real final. So if they both make it to the semi final, yeah. if they're going to be France, Brazil, I think they will be. From that game, we will know who's going to win this World Cup. Even if you get France, Belgium, I think it's probably the final as well. Yeah, whoever yeah. wins that semi-final. That but you the... only win the World Cup by winning the actual final. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> They're coming up against a rather stubborn, skillful team in Uruguay. How do we see this one panning out? Anybody? I'm really curious to watch Yeah, it. me too. Dan? Go yeah, I was impressed with Uruguay against Portugal, actually. I mean, Cavani had a super game, didn't he? With Suarez, they, they linked up beautifully up front. That um, one too. Yeah, exactly, yeah. It's amazing. Torreira has had a great tournament as well. I think he's he looks a really impressive young player. Godin is 
as a lot of people have said, probably the best defender in the world still, isn't he? I've been saying How, that for however so long. Old it, what, yeah, is he 36 now? now? Are you with me now? I, I was always with you, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's still Sergio Ramos for me. <laughs> Agree. Yeah, I mean, they've still only conceded once in the whole tournament, haven't they? Yeah, it was uh, uh, in that Portuguese, Portuguese goal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's, um, yeah, they're an interesting so team. So you could see Uruguay doing France on this one? I don't know about that, but I think it's going to be close. They're missing Cavani. That's, that's true. It's, yeah, that's yeah. going to be. It's not sure still. Not sure. No. Yeah. But uh, probably he's not going to be at his best. Let's say. <laughs> yeah, probably not, and that's that's a big problem because it, if it's not Cavani, uh, it's going to be Stuani starting, and the the way the they they play it's going to change drastically. Nobody crosses there. There's yeah. no header. <laughs> it's not as as mobile as uh, as Cavani is, and that's like, a problem for Uruguay. I like that guy. Is it Lachalt as well who plays on the left? Lachalt, yeah. Yeah. The worst. Haircut. <laughs> is this the, the guy with the braids? Yeah. Yeah, don't do that. Can I say <laughs> Inter legend? Because Inter bought him from Uruguay and then um, um, yeah. loaned to right? Genoa. Yeah, we don't Genoa. talk about the... Inter enough on this podcast. <laughs> <don't do> <laughs> and also, we should mention Tabaret here. Yeah, no, uh, that, that's, that's. So we all want Uruguay to win just that, for Tabaret. That old I man is, is amazing. The work the work he's been doing with Uruguay all these years. Defining their football. It's incredible. It, if you think about it, imagine all the players that play for Tabares and they, they're they all already gone. Um, and all the new uh, players that came through the, uh, the 100. 17, 19, whatever. Mm -hmm. And when they get to the first team, they know exactly what they need to do. But yeah. also, they know exactly he's what they need one, to do. It's he's an old coach, of course, but he changes yeah. a lot continuously. He's like like, uh, like Alex Ferguson in that respect. Always adapting himself there is to always, uh, Torreira wasn't playing the first two games. And yeah. then he, now he's fundamental for this team. So, Dan. I don't know why the English press was so worried before the game. Were they? Colombia were rubbish. <laughs> One thing I want to start off with and I want to point out is that people often confuse the players and the press. Mm. They say the papers are nasty and doing terrible things and so I want the English team to go out. And that's... I get that. But the English team, bar the, there's no real jerks on them bar any sort of... Very minimal dickheads. Yeah, so. well, it's the only... I mean, no jerks apart from that Ashley Young home video. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad they knocked Colombia out. Are you? Yeah. Wow, that's surprising. Colombia didn't come to play last night for me. No, no. They came to foul, didn't they, basically? Yeah. yeah and harangued the referee and they really got in the referee's ear all game. And Yeah. Um, he, he didn't really know how to handle it. I think he usually yeah. referees in the MLS, that the, guy. He's a maths teacher, actually. He is by a maths trade. teacher. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm shocked with the lack of quality on the most referees in this tournament. Mm. And, and uh, I That's think a different point. We really want to stick with England okay, here sorry. rather than get onto a referee rant. <laughs> um, so you were, were you impressed with England then? The whole setup of it all? Uh, yes and no. For the first sort of hour, I think I was. Um, and then after England took the lead, I mean, towards the end, I think that goal was coming from Colombia. Pickford made that world-class save to keep them out. It went for a corner and they conceded from the corner. The extra time was pretty poor. If anything, I'm probably a little bit less confident about England's chances after that game last night. Oh, It was a euphoric moment, getting through the penalty shootout and all that mm -hmm. kind of thing. But there they were, they were flaws that I saw in that team last night and... You know, they created nothing, but they, they had two shots on goal. One of them was a penalty. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have to do a lot better against Sweden, who are going to be, you know, a little bit more defensively resilient, I think, than Colombia and, and you know, quite dangerous on the break as what well. Can, so. What can Southgate do different then? Because he'll pick the same side, mm. injuries permit. That's it. I don't know if it's... I think it's just the players need to 
take a few more risks, I think. It's only really Sterling that seemed to be taking the risks and often the risks that he was taking were a bit unnecessary as well. Mm -hmm. He was running to dead ends, giving the ball away. Um, Kane... You know, he's a great goal scorer, a great finisher, but he doesn't contribute much else to the build-up. And, and I don't want him dropping deep either, if I'm an English No, fan. he shouldn't be. I mean, when Vardy came on um, in the game last night, Kane was playing sort of like deeper than a number 10. It was weird, yeah, his yeah. position. I, didn't, yeah. I don't know if he was perhaps struggling a bit for the... But that, that happened because he, was, he wasn't something. getting uh, the ball uh, close to the box. Yeah, so yeah. Also, the it was clever think. coming coming deep in order mm. to get more more uh, bolts, and also he got a lot of fouls. Yeah, that, that was important for England in mm -hmm. a, in a very complicated moment of the game. Francesco, you mentioned Deli Ali. I wasn't so impressed with him. I actually haven't been impressed with him for a while. Now. No, I mean he had a he had a pretty underwhelming season at Spurs last year. He's performances at this tournament have been pretty anonymous so far I don't think he was probably even 70% fit going into that game last night I, yeah. um, I, I think maybe starting Loftus-Cheek would have been the smarter move there and give Ali another game to rest and see if he can come back against Sweden because he's a fantastic player when he's when he's on his day but it's just not happening for him at the what moment What did you make of Southgate's uh, substitutions and sort of game management? I thought the, that's, that's what came in for a bit of criticism Yeah, the Eric Dyer sub was the one that really turned the game in Colombia's favour because Ali went off, England seemed to take a step back, Colombia, um, Dyer didn't really seem to know what position he was supposed to be playing and Colombia started to dominate the ball a little bit then and, and come forward, it gave him a bit of encouragement and and yeah, Dyer was, you know, aside from bagging the winning penalty, had a, had a pretty horrible, horrible night. I think night the, the idea on. was to play with two holding midfielders because when he, when he was coming in, he was saying mm. this to, to Anderson, I think. It sort um, of made sense but, to but sort was, of shut it down, but... He was playing almost as a a, third, as a fourth centre-back yeah. uh, yeah, by the end of the... Before the that change, Colombia did nothing. So maybe he was thinking that putting but Dyer was also, more controlling the game for the like 10 minutes and then... We also yeah. have to have to praise um, uh, Beckerman because the changes he made, they, they started terribly because they started with three old midfielders, no creativity whatsoever, playing with Sanchez, Lerma, and um, what was the other one? Barrios. Barrios, yeah. Villan Barrios. Mm. They, they started with three uh, midfielders that are basically just, just to fight. They're fight, fighting midfielders. <laughs> yeah, I, I was and, and there is no no creativity. The, none, none of these are capable of creating something. And then when when um, um, what was the the guy that came in? The first one was um, Uribe. Oh. Uribe, exactly. Uribe came in and he was finally capable of passing. And that changed the the, the game in, in the second half. And and Uribe was was doing. He, 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 I think he went quite well in the second half. Colombia's mentality, I thought, was embarrassing. Just trying to pick fights all the time. Just trying to kick, squabbling with the referee. Well, even their one of their coaching staff sort of barred Sterling as he was coming off yeah. the pitch at half time and stuff like that. It was clearly a bit of an intimidation tactic, and I think it worked as well. It certainly work for the referee I mean how Barrios didn't get sent off for that headbutt on Jordan Henderson I'll, I'll never it's know it's really weird I didn't find that terrible the, the attitude of, of Colombia I mean I was expecting that that's maybe, you know yeah, South American yeah, football Uruguay is the same guys if you play yeah. against Uruguay it's even worse yeah maybe I just <laughs> I, I expected better Maybe. You can see in the final we why England and we, also <laughs> saw, we also saw some diving from, from English players yeah. for yeah, no reason and uh, and that is the kind of thing that if you're a Colombian and you're trying to kick someone and the guy is diving, you just feel like I should have kicked this guy. <laughs> even even the penalty for me, the penalty was clear, but you know, 
it was more stupid Carlos Sanchez to basically yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> embrace Harry Kane. I think those penalties should be given more often. It happens <laughs> too often in the box. Uh, Sweden in the quarterfinals. Mm. Ericsson said, er, Sven Goran Ericsson, the man himself, <laughs> Mr. Champagne, <laughs> was speaking today and saying that England shouldn't underestimate them. I oh, definitely they, not. I don't think they will. No. I, I think yeah. the mentality under Southgate won't be like that. Which is what makes me think England are going to a semi-final. Maybe, maybe. I mean, there was, you know, that was so England that late equaliser last night and the penalty shootout. I mean, it looked at one point that they were going to lose that penalty shootout when when Henderson missed. Yeah. So it was just like this is just typical England. And if if they had lost that penalty shootout, this is the first penalty shootout that England have won of my lifetime. By the way, this is our like nineteen sixty six. No, for no, my no. Generation. They won in 90, They won one against. Spain. Oh, sorry. Yeah, at the at a World, a World Cup. Cup. A yes, World so Cup. So the first one they've yeah, ever yeah, won yeah. at a World Cup. Um, you're so, not that you're not that young. No, no. So it, it feels like that maybe they are shedding this this sort of decades of yeah. uh, you know hurt and misfortune yeah. a little bit, and and this could be the year that something happens. But they Sweden should underestimate very dangerous. Sweden. Yeah, of course they are. Yeah. We want to make a. I want to make a prediction. No, I don't want to make a prediction. I want to hear a prediction from all of you in one word. Which team? England Between or, Sweden, England or Sweden? Sweden. Yeah, I think England. They need to 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 be really, really. Uh, You're only allowed one aware. word. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> he sorry. doesn't do one word. It's it's a, it's a very complicated thing because uh, Sweden they have a very vertical game and uh, still only allowed one. Word. Exposing, <laughs> exposing. I really in, just need one word. We want to talk about three, Brazil in three four passes. They're they're capable of creating dangers for from so, uh, so Sweden, Sweden. Sweden. Okay, England. Yeah, of course, got to say that. Okay, speaking of South American teams, Brazil are through, and it was all about Neymar, which is just how he likes it, I would guess. Andre, you've your sort of ear to the ground, and I was I was reading a few pieces over the last few days. He really defies opinion in Brazil, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, this was I talking about embarrassing. These antics were really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, the whole Neymar thing, uh, it's getting out of control. In my opinion, okay, because Neymar has been like this the whole life. It's not like he started to do it yesterday. No, no, no. So um, I understand that people get upset when when he sees Neymar looking like a fish out of water um, after getting <laughs> stepped. Nice. That's a nice analogy. But like a tuna. <laughs> but at the same time, this is the Neymar that we've been watching for many years now we're just being exposed to it on exactly. a more global level so yeah. before the World Cup there were a lot of Brazilians that didn't like Neymar and there are a lot of Brazilians that love Neymar mm. and right now it's still the same thing but it's being extrapolated by the media just that okay well what's annoying is then you see what he did for the goal the intelligence of the run the you know the cutback the making space for William and then the brilliant run that he made to, to get onto the, the, the pass yeah and, and you see how good he can be. And then you see the other antics. If you could just cut it out, I'd be happy. That's him. You know, you can change. Part, it's part people. of him. I, I think he's, he's going to get better with... Uh, as, as He's going to get older, more experience and all that stuff. He's going he's to get better. It's like Cristiano Ronaldo. Cristiano Ronaldo was pretty much the same when he was at the beginning of his career. That's it, true. At Manchester United, it was. It was like that. Yeah, yeah, there was this true. impression that Ronaldo was like Neymar mm-hmm. today. Let, and let me ask you this. At the risk of outing myself as a football philistine here, go on. is Neymar actually that good? Yeah. I don't really get it, personally. I think, yeah, I think it's quite good. I don't think he's anywhere near Ronaldo and Messi's level, even when they were his age. Okay, we're talking about two different... He himself, he said... Okay, Messi and Ronaldo are another level. 
I'm the best player in the world. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> because they don't belong to this world. And I agree with that. So we are facing a period like there are two, the two most talented players probably in the history of football. They are competing maybe not anymore yeah, in the same put, league. People put, yeah. people put Neymar on that level. I don't I'm with Dan. I don't I think he's very good and when you see what he can do, but too often, I think it's undercut by by his antics. My football is I don't not even that know if easy. I say he's the third best player in the world. My football is not that easy. It's not about ranking and you know what number two, number three, number four. No, no, it's, it is. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah, I mean Francesco. This one, I, I think <laughs> he is one of those players that can define a game in every moment, and, and it is very special. It's but he very doesn't talented. do it often enough, or does he? Uh, he he did it. Uh, Last last season, no, but also the change going to Paris, uh, the injury, all that stuff. But mm. you've seen him playing in the, the the previous season with Barcelona. The second half of that season, it was incredible. Mm. It was incredible, including Champions League games and all all the you know the main stages. It was there. So I th- I think he's he's really good. He's going to get better naturally, and is uh, good enough to uh, to help Brazil winning the World Cup. And that's the most important thing for all Brazilians. If, if they win the World Cup, they're going to put Neymar in a pedestal. Of okay. course. But we're quickly running out of time here, but we do have a couple of more minutes. Brazil's record under Teach, 25 games, 20 wins, 4 draws, 1 defeat, 54 goals, 19 clean sheets, 6 goals conceded. Can Belgium stop them? I think they can, Ooh. but... They won't. As I said before, Brazilian is becoming European. You know, they don't play with the 4-2-2-2 anymore. They have a strong defense. They have Thiago Silva and Miranda who together work perfectly. And there is no more um, yeah, yeah, okay, there is Neymar, but there is no more that Astro there was before. And so I think that it's gonna be a very close game and I, I think Belgium can make it, but they can Belgium has to forget the Japan game because for the first <laughs> 75 minutes were... Oh, they just they, underestimated Japan, I think. Yeah, I think that was the thing. One word. I'm not, we're only allowed one you know, word about really Brazil w- and Belgium. And I just want the name of the team who's going through because I still have to get back to I, our I'm question. Going, from I'm earlier. going with Brazil. You're going with Brazil. Dan, you Bel- can have one or Belgium. two words. Oh. Yeah. Is that because of Kevin De Bruyne? Maybe. <laughs> I, think, I, know, I think I've probably been more impressed by Belgium than Brazil this tournament. Yeah, for sure. Actually, just to, just quickly, I'll tell you this: yeah. the uh, when Belgium played the other day, I'd been out uh, earlier in the day watching Brazil. On the uh, had a few drinks okay. in the sunshine. I was watching the Belgium game, and when Roberto Martinez put Fellaini and Chadley mm. on, I texted my friends and said, "Oh, what a joke of a substitution that is!" It's two 0 <laughs> to Japan at this point. Promptly fell asleep, woke up, and it was three two, and Fellaini and Chadley had scored the decisive goals. <laughs> Afternoon so. pints will do that to you. Shows what I know. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, no, we, we got to get to the question. I'd like we. Got to get to the question or else Demo will kick us out of the studio. Who will be the first team outside of Europe or South America to win the World Cup? You've had time to think about it now. Qatar. (laughs) (laughs) This was paid paid for by Qatar. (laughs) I have a dream, an African team, so I'm going with Senegal. I think it's going to be an African team as well. And I'm I'm going uh, uh, with uh, Ghana. I'm going to say Australia. Wow, Australia! I wanted to make I wanted to make Damon happy. Yeah, <laughs> <But> he laughed. <laughs> okay, well that's all from us today. My thanks to Dan, uh, Andre, Francesco, and producer Damon. We'll be back next week after the quarterfinals to talk about all of that and preview the semis. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.